My guest today on the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast is Aldo Civico. Aldo is a doctor of anthropology, but you wouldn't know it because he's an executive coach. He's an author. He's a conflict resolution expert. In fact, he's facilitated ceasefire talks in Colombia between the government and rebel groups. He's supported peace building efforts in all different parts of the world. And he's recently become a Havening Techniques trainer. So we'll ask him about all that stuff, but particularly about the Havening Techniques, because why does he need that for all those other things in just a minute here on the, on the podcast? Stay tuned. You are listening to the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast, a show devoted to uncovering the systems and the secrets that set the best apart where you learn how to take your coaching clients to the next level while you grow the coaching practice of your dreams. So sit back and relax, or sit up and get excited. Either way, you might want to pay attention. This could be important. Aldo. Hello. How are you? Good to see you, Aldo. Good to see you too. Where, where are you? I'm currently in uh, Miami, which is one of the cities where I like to dwell around. Ah, so you were most recently in Colombia, though, were you not? Yeah, since the pandemic. I mean, Colombia is a country that I've been traveling to for the past 20 years quite regularly, but I got stuck with the COVID uh, pandemic when we shut down the airports, and I just decided to remain there even when they open up the airport. So that's that's now my main base for now. All right. Cool. Yeah. So quite a history. You have a doctor of anthropology from Columbia University. It's funny that you're in yeah. Columbia now because you went to Columbia University in New York City. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and how did, how did, I'm just curious, this isn't necessarily, necessarily part of what people want to hear from the yeah, essential coaching skills. But how do you get from anthropology to conflict resolution? Well, here I actually got from conflict resolution to anthropology. Oh. And, uh, and how it happens was that I was about to enroll in a master in international affairs at Columbia University at SIPA, the School of International Affairs. And the founder and uh, the director of the Center for International Conflict Resolution, who happens also to be an Italian, Andrea Bartoli, told me at one point, uh, you're wasting your time and money doing a master. You should do a PhD. And I said, a PhD in what? Well, he said, you are interested in conflict. So conflicts is about complexity and understanding context. So he said, you should study anthropology. And I said, great. So I did. It is really how it went. <laughs> and, and I actually was quite curious because I, in my, you know, in my, my previous understanding of anthropology was about studying Bushmans around. Right. And I didn't understand what does it have to do with modern contemporary armed conflicts. Um, but anthropology has to do with everything that is human and human expression. So it makes sense that it studies also those kinds of things. And that's what I did. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it, actually. Right. So you've also along the way become an executive coach. Yeah. So th that happened from conflict resolution actually to, to executive coaching because what happened was that as I was doing my ethnographic work for my PhD, but also my conflict resolution work um, in Colombia, 
I was meeting these uh, leaders of death squads or narco traffickers or rebels who were in high security prisons. And, um, and we, we, you know, the, the excuse to meet was actually to interview you, them for my research, but it ended up then becoming a relationship and a sustained conversation. And what I realized was that the conventional tools of conflict resolution were actually not enough to change identities that have been, you know, rooted in decades of conflict. So it was not about let's find out what are, you know, our common ground between two conflicting interests. It was much deeper than that. Hmm. And so and so I felt that the conflict resolution as, as, as I knew it and I, as I was practicing it uh, was limited in that. So I asked, you know, is there someone who actually is able to do work in changing the identities? And completely randomly in one afternoon, I ran into a video by Tony Robbins where on 9-11 he does this workshop uh, in, I, I think he was in Hawaii, uh, right on 9-11, and, and where he mediates, really, he negotiates between uh, an Orthodox Jew and uh, a Muslim guy from Pakistan. And uh, the video was called Indirect Negotiations, so that's really what caught my, my attention. And, and I was completely blown away because I said, wow, if someone is able to do that on 9-11, you know, in, in that room uh, with, with the tragedy just that happened in in New York uh, the same day with people from New York there uh, and he's able to do that he he's really good I mean he's not uh, BSing right so that's that's actually when when I started to understand really who Tony Robbins is who, who I already had in the corner of my eyes really not not looking at him much and I discovered that's when I discovered Ericksonian hypnosis and NLP and so I started entering you know in those fields and studying them and 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 training them and certifying eventually in all those disciplines and most importantly i was applying them and integrated them in the work that i was doing with these very kind of people and i was seeing the the effect so so i was shuttling between new york at the time and, and colombia and when i was coming back to my friends who were members of family offices or had uh, businesses i was telling these experiences and I remember one point, uh, a good friend of mine who is uh, part of a very important large family of family office in in, um, in the US, and uh, she's an anthropologist. She told me, "Well, you know, we, we we have our own domestic terrorists on our boards. You know, would you mind and come and you know talk to us and share your experience?" And really, that's how how it worked. You know, that that's how then I, I little by little included uh, working with uh, teams, family offices. Uh, business teams on alignment, on conflict resolution, on leadership skills, and eventually that's that's what I'm doing good part of my time today. Cool. Well, it's probably a lot safer than going to high security prisons into going to the jungles of Colombia to negotiate between the government and rebel groups. Yeah, easier, not um, safer, but not be. easier. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. Less. Because, uh, you know, those people in armed groups are have very disciplined mind. You know, they are actually very good at discipline and following instructions. And hmm. so once they set their mind to something, they actually do it. Um, hmm. That's interesting. Not necessarily executives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, 
Interesting. Unless members of that. Did you meet a lot of executives in the, in the high security prison? Is that how you got into executive coaching? Uh, I, I met executive in, in prisons, not in high security. Really. <laughs> but yeah, I met them too in, in prison. That's funny. So um, most recently, because uh, you weren't busy enough, you, you decided to take on um, the havening techniques, yeah. which I, I will firmly and proudly claim that I, I introduced you to a few yeah. years ago. But you decided to, you know, basically go all in there and you became a recently a trainer yeah. of havening techniques. So tell us about that. Why why did you feel like you wanted to add havening to this resume of yours? Yeah, you know, I, I have to admit that on one hand, I'm always a very curious mind, right? And so 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 if there's something new that interests me in, in general, I I like to understand what it is and possibly learn learn it. But I, I remember that conversation we, we had in Wall Street outside sipping a, a coffee when you told me about that. And, and that really caught my my attention. Um, even though I didn't, you know, start right right away, just because the schedule didn't allow for much time in, in training some something new. But I have to say that increasingly in my work, I have uh, discovered that many times self-sabotaging mechanism or why people don't go full in, you know, in, in achieving what they are set to or want to achieve uh, is actually because there has been a trauma in the past. And it might be even a micro trauma that they don't remember, but that somehow got them stuck. You know, and and increased anxiety or increased fears or mm -hmm. uncertainty, doubt, and the slowdown, and 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 uh, you know, I'm not interested in going to psychotherapy and having those long verbal conversation, but to have a tool that would help someone, you know, to quickly release what what, what is blocking that that debilitating emotions and and help them in the process of actually being able uh, to be more. Uh, proficient, more, more, more happy, and more, more in a state of flow, uh, really, really uh, attracted me. You know that that was really one of the motivation within my within, within my work. The other the other motivation is that a lot of my work has been in Latin America, and Latin America is a country where you do encounter trauma uh, because of um, even especially in Colombia, recent, you know, uh, conflict. And, and it often happened, you know, that, that I meet people, whether they are clients or in other situations, that tell me about pretty, pretty strong and, and, and deep trauma. So to have a tool that, that in an easy but also powerful way is able to help people and also to give them actually a tool so that they can sustain that, that change uh, really, really fascinated me. And... Um, and of course, you know, I, I had heard of other psychosensory uh, methods and techniques uh, that are out there, uh, EMDR and, and tapping and all of that. But it was really talking to you when, when I discovered that there was some, some principles that, that are rooted in neuroscience, you know, and, and, and um, there was no uh, simple a, a magic or a, or a placenta effect of it, but there are uh, electrochemical uh, things that happen that actually help you to the link, you know, the trauma from your emotional reaction. That is really what convinced me. Um, 
and uh, and it also happened that a friend of mine who um, who was uh, Justin Bieber's health coach told me about how much uh, having it has been effective with him. Uh, his name is Baz Minjin, and yeah, so that, yeah, that that I said, okay, you know that that uh, let, let's do it because it's working. It's uh, you can teach it in a in, in a simple way. People can learn it. It's pretty natural. It's pretty organic. Yeah. It's yeah. basically what we do already. Just do it intentionally and. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's one of the amazing things about havening is it, it is just so kind of natural. And yet yeah. there is that, you know, pretty irrefutable rock solid science behind it that yeah. Dr. Newton has, has provided for us. So it's we, uh, interesting. Yeah, which we guess, especially in the Western world, we need those explanations, right? We, we, we want to really know what is happening. And, and to me, particularly, you know, always to knowing why this working helps me really to not only to teach it but also to practice it you know it, yeah. it gives me more focus and attention at what, what needs to happen for this to actually be effective so so yeah absolutely and and it's also curious to me that um i agree with everything you've said and you didn't need to become a trainer to do what you've just said so true true I did, I, a lot, lot of effort and time to to go up to that next level. so uh effort time uh, money, even though it's not, who knows what, but still, still an investment. Um, the thing is that that I realize that in South America and in Spanish-speaking countries, um, there are not many practitioners yet. Um, I think last time I checked, it's like four or five people. Mm. And uh, and um, and as I said, you know, the the, the Spanish countries are are there is like everywhere in the world really a lot of trauma so so being able to help people train in in having you know because i i'm not I, I don't think it's interesting or that i'm one of a few practitioners in a entire continent doesn't doesn't make sense right um, and uh and and i think it's it's, it's a nice you know spreading uh, and helping others to become practitioners and mentoring them and training them uh, I think it's uh, helping creating a movement of people focused on healing and helping humanity heal. And, and I think it's, for me, just another way of giving my contribution to, to a better and more peaceful world doing, doing that. So um, plus I like to teach, I like to train, I like to mentor. So it, it just fits. Well, that's beautiful. And, you know, gosh, as I've, I think I've said before, I, I... <laughs> I'm thrilled to have been somewhat responsible for you. You know, oh, totally, totally responsible. Because, um, yeah, because yeah. golly, because yeah. you're you you will be you already are an amazing contribution to exactly what you said, making the world a more peaceful place and and to heal as best we can. So, tell me how you think you might be going about this. How could people like train with you? Where will you be doing it in Colombia mostly, or will oh, you be? Uh, um, well, we'll do a combination. You know, the the um, the first training I will offer will be in Spanish. Uh, will be in Colombia, in Medellin on uh, December sixth and seventh. We're just a small group uh, to get things started and to be able to follow and mentoring the participants in in a very um, close way. And it's actually interesting that. The first people that sign up are from Panama and Uruguay, not, not even from Colombia. So, you know, just to say how people are willing to travel, you know, for several 
well, from Parma it's just an hour, but from Uruguay it's several hours um, to be able to do it. That just that was interesting as a as a response. But I also plan mostly to do uh, online training, okay. uh, just because. First of all, it's effective. That's how I got trained because you know I, I became a practitioner during the during COVID, yeah. During mentoring, yeah, during COVID. Um, so I, I know it's it works, and I do sessions, having a session today uh, by Zoom, and it works perfectly. You know, you don't have to be in person, um, and 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 you know, it's a lot of money and and logistics uh, and airplanes and days and hotels. Sure, yeah. If you have to travel so i think it's also a way to help people to give them the option if you really want to do it in presence to give them that option there are people who definitely prefer the effort and the travel and all of that and but also for people who might not be able even just financially to do the whole thing yeah yeah offer that training no it's good to, it's amazing actually to have both it was before COVID, we we chatted about it we talked about it you know dr rude and some others and myself um the possibility of maybe doing some kind of remote training somewhere for some people who are like in far out, hard to get to places, et cetera. Um, and they thought, well, maybe we could do that. I mean, it might work. And then suddenly COVID is like, okay, that's the only thing yeah. you can do. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, and, and, and it was also, I remember I called you and said, I, I asked you that question and said, hey, are you doing actually in this COVID? You know, because I finally had time, right? I, I was sitting around. At home and say this is a time to do to learn something new and and i remember i told you are you doing is, is having impossible online are you doing training you say yeah i'm about to facilitate one so i jumped on on the opportunity and um it was really effective really really powerful yeah and it's it's actually become quite remarkable that many people have only that experience at this point in time yeah well um, i am one of those uh it will be interesting that's one of the reasons why i do it small actually in managing presence um, because it will be the first time ever <laughs> I will do something <laughs> related to having in person. But it was funny because two, these two psychotherapists from Panama who uh, contacted me and wanted to to train, uh, they insisted on doing it in person. You know, uh -huh. I offered to do it online and said, "No, no, let's let's do it in person." So I said, "Okay, let's uh, let's go with it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's a it's an interesting thing because there there are some obvious differences that um, when a person is online, the only person who can apply the havening touch is the person there, you know, do yeah. that to yourself, like I'm demonstrating right now, doing the havening touch um, to yourself. But in person, of course, it's the, it's optionally that is, could be the case too. You could both, both people sitting in the same room and you just, you know, sit across from each other and, and do this for themselves. But most times it's done that the havening practitioner applies the touch to the patient or to yeah. the client. And so that you, you got to learn how to do that. It's, it's an interesting yeah. Yeah. thing to be able to yeah. put your hands on somebody else's face yeah. and, and just do the strokes. And yeah. it has some great advantages, you know, because so much is communicated other than consciously through the body, through the touch, mm -hmm. you know, so if a person is like really freaking out and a very calm person who knows it's going to be okay, reaches out and says, it's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of communication coming through there that, you know, happens very fast. Yeah. And the practitioner has to 
be able to get into that state and have that certainty in order to do that. Because if they're freaking out themselves and they put a hands on somebody else, that gets communicated too. It's like, oh, you're right. We're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so better, yeah. Your yeah. hands off me. You know, you want to stick. Yeah. So, and I think it's it's such a, and, and, and I do think that some of that is also goes through also on, online, even though definitely, you know, hmm. the touching is a, it's a different experience, but I think it's part of that healing part, you know, because is is the, the touching, the being there uh, with, with a state of, from, from a state of calm. Um, I think it's part of a healing process, you know, yeah. because it, it relaxes the entire autonomic nervous system, you know, able again to experience connection because many times, you know, if not all the time, trauma, what it does is really to interrupt the connection right, with, yeah. with yourself and with others. So that 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 feeling, that touching, which is comfortable, soothing and, and safe, uh, I, I think it has a very deep healing effect. Um, in addition to, you know, what happens to to the depotentiation of amygdala through the having touch. Yeah, absolutely. And it is also, again, that kind of amazing confluence of, of realities is that it is sort of natural you know like if a, if a mother is 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 reassuring their child that it's you know, the thunder is just a noise you're okay and they they, they don't yeah. tap them they don't tell them to sit down and let's talk about where this came from and analyze your past they, they just say it's okay and they they stroke they stroke yeah. their head and stroke their arms stroke you know it's it's a human thing to do and yet there's a reason for it and what science behind it that Dr. Rudin discovered for, you know, um, why this actually works so well, why the arms, why the face, why, why that touch and applied in that way, why it works is just so remarkably accurate and, yeah. and effective, much more so in my book, at least than, than tapping would be or, or eye movement yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, many times to my, my clients, I suggest that they can do heavening because it's so natural, even when they are, you know, in a subway or uh, yeah. in an Uber and, or, or, or what in, in, a, in a movie theater or whatever. And nobody would notice, you know, that, that you're doing. So, well, instead of tapping, you know, someone would say, what's going yeah. on? Uh, <laughs> How do you feel? <laughs> and so, so it's, it's, it's nice to have, to have a possibility to, to just do it in any moment when, when, um, when you feel like, you know, not only when you need it, but when you feel like giving a yeah. massage to your brain, you can do that. Yeah. So I am I am thrilled that you are going to be bringing this to, um, well, Colombia first and South America and all sorts of Spanish-speaking areas as well. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a neat thing to watch. Yeah. I remember um, I was at a Tony Robbins event. This isn't the only time this has ever happened, but I was at a Tony Robbins event many many years ago, and. Um, everyone was given a, a candle and then um, they turned out the lights. So we're in a room of several thousand people. And uh, the only, only candle in the room after all the lights was off was, was Tony's. He had a big candle up on stage. Then he, um, you know, somebody lit their candle off Tony's candle and then they started lighting candles off there in it. And it was amazing how quickly it spread and the whole room was filled up with light from everybody's room. It had their own candle lit and i can sort of see that happening with havening you know with you and and colombia and you in south america to be, to be able to bring it there because Thank it's you. so sorely needed and it's so effective 
Thank you. That, that's that's really actually a nice nice, nice wish, and and it's it's really my desire, you know, and also my my commitment because I do think that it, it brings a powerful, simple uh, tool or practice to 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 heal. Um, and and there's so much need, you know, in, certainly in South America, Latin America, but not only, but just to heal in, in in times where, for example, mental health, you know, has become an emergency. Um, almost everywhere, you know. Yeah. If, if, I, I have been living mostly in Colombia for the past two years, but if we look at this, for example, statistics of suicide attempts and and uh, and suicides are they just just uh, went exponential the numbers, you know, sadly. So so I think there is a lot of uh, need for for uh, for tools that that take care of our emotional well being and mm-hmm. uh, and not just healing, you know, because that's certainly probably how no without probably that's certainly how having came about as a first intention but the fact that it also strengthens your resilience you know your, mm. your capacity for for um uh, strengthening your self-esteem you know your, yeah. your self-concept and your visualization exercises you know i have been using it also with uh you know traders in in uh, and uh, and the athletes you know in, in helping them just to, to visualize results or getting to that calm that is linked to a peak performance so it's not necessarily just a healing wow that's neat i didn't know you're doing that yeah yeah that's you know it's part of experimenting and part of you know when i do work on peak performance issues with with professionals you know i you know i i started introducing uh, when we do visualizations or when we do affirmations or all of that, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so without necessarily doing before, who knows what kind of healing process, but just to reinforce positive patterns. Right. No. And that's, again, yes. That's one of the things that's so wonderful about behaving techniques is that we really can do self-care. You know, the healing is in, in our hands and we have them with us pretty much wherever we go. Um, yeah. I think most of the times I've always had, I can't remember a time I didn't have my hands with me. Let's put it that way. And, and so, um, yeah, it's right there. And so when you doing a session with somebody, you're actually not just doing a session with somebody and healing them in the moment, but you're teaching them how to do self-care for the rest of their lives. And they can do this on a daily basis. In fact, I do do it on a daily basis. And you do build that resilience. You build a, a stronger and more resilient landscape of the mind and the emotions. The other thing I like about it, although, is that, um, and I think you can attest to this as well, is that it does, as Dr. Steve Rudin loves to say, bolt on really well with everything else I've learned previously. Yeah, so all the NLP techniques, Ericksonian hypnosis, I mean, anything that I've been doing with people, add a little havening to it. You're just, you know, sort of creating a, a neuro cocktail of brain chemistry that makes everything work more effectively it's kind of remarkable in that way yeah and and i think that's that's really also something that that appealed to me very much because i think it's for for uh for me you know being able to serve someone is having different tools at disposal and then you mix them up as 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 needed by the client Mm. Uh, i i you know i have People who come up to me and say, "Hey, what, what is your advice? I want to become a coach." And and I always say, you know, start with one certification, with one course, one one school, you know, because you have to start somewhere, you know. 
and it really doesn't matter where you start um, as long as you, you feel connected and you know interested by that methodology but I also suggest that you don't stay just with that but you you, you add different tools because otherwise you will have the client that needs to adapt to you rather than you to to the clients right and and so that is also what what I find so powerful in heaven is that you don't have to leave other stuff or it doesn't uh, erase and cancel mm. uh, previous knowledge, you know, because now there is this new up and coming thing and everything else is passe. No, it's, it's actually very nicely integrated also in a very organic way, you know, and, and anytime that you see that that can be something that helps a client, you can bring it to the, to the fourth, you know, and, uh, and I actually know of people, that, that have been doing tapping, for example, as part of their methods, that that integrate, you know, tapping with 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 having. So it, it's it's really complementary uh, mm-hmm. and powerful in itself as well. You know, you you, yeah. uh, you don't have to integrate it. it it's it's stand on 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 his own uh, in in terms of effectiveness. So it's it's a nice thing. Yeah. 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 How do you see it working with your um, conflict resolution? I mean, if you were to say, as an example, go back into the general. Yeah. So, so you know, working with conflict resolution is uh, many times uh, not only just sitting around a table and talking to to rebels or people in arms. A lot of time, it means working with communities that have been affected by trauma. Mm-hmm. So, so we are actually, uh, I, I'm uh, on the board of a foundation that works on peace building in Colombia in a uh, peripheral area that have been, uh, you know, deeply marked by violence over the years. And, and uh, we, we are looking at how we could integrate, you know, the, the learning of self-having or even training some people in those communities uh, in order to help, you know, the healing process. Again, not as a only method, but but integrated with a series of arrays of tools. So that's how I actually envision envision doing it. Um, but, but I was uh, I, I I was talking to to the Minister of Defense in Colombia in, in these days and and uh, proposed to him to uh, to present it to the psychologists that work with uh, soldiers who come back from from the field and uh, who mm. experience PTSD. You know and and. Uh, and that could be, for example, a, a contribution as um, as well of police units. So, so there's also a law enforcement side that uh, I've never wow. really explored too much, but but could be, but could be interesting. Yeah. yeah so the application is just you know endless. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. So you were talking with the defense minister the other day. You know, if I had a nickel for every time I could say that phrase. <laughs> in Colombia, it's pretty easy actually to uh, to connect uh, easier than in other countries. Uh, but this guy I happened to know for at least ten years, you know, and he just was appointed minister of defense. So I wrote him, and uh, I just have to remind him that this is something important <laughs> before his eyes, so that we can do it. Oh, that's that's really brilliant, actually, because. It, it is effective, and I've seen it. I've worked with veterans. I've worked with police officers. I've worked with firemen. Um, it, it works. Yeah, it really does. And you know, it it's different very often when you work with first responders. You know, because they, in a sense, have a need to be vigilant. So their SUD, their SUDS score, their subjective unit of distress, will maybe not ever go down from ten all the way to zero. They might want to keep a little. 
of that thing lingering yeah. there at a one or a two level. Yeah. But still, it's one or two rather than, you know, nine or ten, yeah. you know, yeah. which can sometimes be totally debilitating. And that's not <clears> good either. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's fascinating stuff. <sighs> Ooh, good stuff, Aldo. <laughs> Let's have a little bit. You know, one thing about the touch uh, you were mentioning, Tony Robbins. I remember we were doing a, a one point, a very, very deep process, and uh, the room was completely black, and uh, and people were screaming and crying. Dickens mm, uh, pattern, you're yeah, talking. right. And uh, one thing that Tony had recommended not to do was actually if someone was starting to cry to embrace them or to be with there right and and i think the principle was don't anchor that moment uh with with uh with an embracing with a touch right mm. and so 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 when uh when actually the, you know having it became it, it is about touching after you reactivated the memory of something awful that had happened to you i actually you know ask myself uh is this warning or are we just anchoring, you know, a, a moment of a moment of pain and a moment of and and and, and instead that doesn't happen, right? Uh, uh, when you do it again and again. So I, I'm curious about what, what your uh, reading is about it. And uh, I, we spoke briefly with with Tony uh, Burgess, who is the head trainer, about this. And and uh, my my explanation for that is that it actually happened. You actually start in the moment of destruction, you know, when when once the trauma or the event is activated and then you distract the mind, that's actually when, when you start touching, not in the moment of remembering. But the second one is that this is actually flowing, right? This is, this is a movement, mm -hmm. not, not just a, a touch. So, so that's probably also why it doesn't, it doesn't turn into an anchor. What, what, and it becomes an anchor for something actually soothing and calming. Right. What, what, what is your, uh, I'm, I'm curious, what is your reading about it? Well, since you asked, <laughs> um, I, I it is exactly what you just said. It is it is when we're doing a havening process, um, when we have them think about or remember the, the traumatic experience that they had and they get activated. So their SUD score goes up to 10. Um, we don't want to be havening them while that process is going up, while that process is taking place. But as soon as we start the havening process, we go into distraction. They say, okay, think of, you know, walking on a beach and let's go someplace else. And at that point, the cognitive attention is drawn to other things. And so the havening touch is going to be then associated to the other things and not to the trauma. However, in situations where you're actually in the traumatic situation as it happens, you know, so that you're you're there. It's not a therapy event. You know, you're in a traumatic situation. Maybe you just had a car crash. Maybe you're sitting in a ditch or whatever, whatever it might be. Um, at that moment in time, would it be good to do havening? And the answer is yes, it is. That would be a great time to do it. It would be great because it will still downregulate your system. When yeah. you when you do this, you the brain just happens to because of this, the way the brain is set up. When you do this touch on these parts of the body, you get delta waves. Yeah. And delta waves, because the body is electrical chemical, you know, that's what it is. It's an electrical chemical organism. So the electrical signal, the delta waves, create the chemical response, which is dopamine and serotonin and GABA, which is a 
yeah. neuro, neuro uh, inhibitor. So it, it, it does downregulate the system. So it will be a good thing to do even in those system in those, in yeah. those moments. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah. And plus, if you've been doing, you know, self-havening, it's it yeah. is an anchor now for yeah. you. This is correct. So it's, it's a positive anchor. Yeah. Yeah. So in this in a scary situation, if you start doing this, it's an anchor for like, okay, I'm safe. Yeah. You know, as <laughs> as um, Judith Prager would say, um, the worst is over. Yeah. Nice. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. Well, Aldo. So, um, how do people get hold of you if they want to do stuff? So? The best way to get hold of me is by email, which is aldo at aldocivico.com, or even send me a WhatsApp message at 646 492 Great. We'll be sure to put that in the information below. Great. Thank you. Great. Thank you so much for being here. It's always a pleasure. Great conversation, Doug. Always a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. That's my pleasure. Thanks for being here. See you again soon. Bye. This has been the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast. Thank you for being here. It's a pleasure seeing you again. Hope to see you again real soon. Come back next week when we have another gripping and exciting episode of the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast. And if you want to, you can find out more about us, each and every one of us, at EssentialCoachingSkills.com. Thanks. Thanks.